Father, we, we thank you for the privilege of gathering like this in community to listen to your word. And we pray that God, the Holy Spirit, will open up our hearts, will open up our beings towards you. That our Father, you work in us through our Lord Jesus Christ so that our lives will be conformed more and more to your beloved Son, our King and our Lord, the Lord Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Let me ask you a question. How do I get to know myself for who really I am? And how do you really get to know yourself for who really you are? Really, at the core of it, <clears throat> at the very heart of it, is there a way of really getting to know myself? You getting to know yourself. Now, we normally would look at people on the outward, and then we say, for example, you are an extrovert. You are an introvert. And we say you are an extrovert because you are the social person. You sort of find your energy and feel revitalized when the room is vibrant and there are people and you are talking to them and they are talking to you and you are connecting with people from one place to another. You just love to engage people. That's for some reason gives you a bit of energy. And then others are more of, not that they don't like people, but they engage people much less. They are more reflective. They, they want to retreat and sort of search within and try to really connect and recharge so they'll be able to connect with the few people they are able to connect with. We say that you are an introvert. We have these categories that we give people because we observe their behavior socially or whatever it is. And then we say that on the basis of these sorts of behavior, you are this or you are that. This is who you really are. Now the Bible takes that further. The Bible would take that further and expand it and throw more light by the Holy Spirit to us. And that's what we read in Proverbs. Proverbs 27, 19. He says, As water reflects face, so one's life reflects the heart. Now, literally, the way it's... Literally, this is how one may read it, if you want to read it literally. As in water... The face to face. So the man's heart man. If you will look into water and see a reflection of the face, look into the life and you see a reflection of the heart. You see what is truly within. So how do you know yourself truly? Proverbs again advises you. He says, do a scientific experiment. Go to a place where you have a clear, clean water that is still on a bright day and then stretch over it. 
you see a reflection. That reflection is not your father's face. It's your face. Well, with some perhaps fatherly resemblance. Because I probably don't look like my father at all. But it is certainly my face. If you don't like what you see, sorry, it's your face. That is exactly what is there. Water shows the face. Your life will show the heart. Truly. It's exactly what he's saying. The life of a man reflects the man. And I'm using man in generic term. Uh, way as in man and woman the human being so the life of a man will reflect the man when we say it will reflect this human being it means it will reflect the person's heart as if you recollect from last week the person's heart is not the organ that pumps blood in here it illustrates something and the lord in his mercy uses this biological thing to actually teach us bigger thing so the life of a person reveals the person in other words it reveals the person's heart but not only does it reveal the person's heart it reveals what people are like in general you know sometimes when somebody does something and then somebody sees it we all see then you say this is just human people you know what people are like so a person's heart, a person's lifestyle, that reveals a person, doesn't only reveal the person, it reveals human beings in general. And that includes my own heart. And the Lord Jesus actually says this in the New Testament, isn't it? If I will go there quickly to make the same point. He says in Luke 6.45, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Or other versions, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the hearts, the, um, the mouth speaks. So what, does, what is Proverbs 27, 19 actually saying? Is he just saying, only saying that you look at your life and then you see who you really are in your hearts, one? Or is he saying that you look at other people's lives and then it tells you what is in your own heart. Now, the way it has been written, it's not this or that. It is both. The, the, when we say ambiguity, you know, it, it doesn't fall to the left, fall to the right. It's somewhere in between. Well, he has a good reason for, saying, for putting it that way. The Holy Spirit is amazing using human words to convey things in very powerful ways to convey the very word of god so he says it's both if you look at others they will clearly be telling you about your own heart as well 
And if you look at yourself, you'll be reminded of your own hearts. So whether we are like those who like social engagement, or we are like those who like the inner engagement, or those who are always going out to make friends, and those who would want to retreat at some point. Here is the point. God in his mercy uses all these dynamics whether it is your own life reflecting your heart or other people's life reflecting the hearts he uses both to reveal something about the hearts the person how you really get to know a person or most importantly what he got measures of a person to know who a person really is why would he do that? He does that in order to help us. Why would he reveal our heart to ourselves? Because if you reveal my heart to myself in its entirety for who, what it really is, I might despair. And so why would God the Holy Spirit do that? He would do that because he wants to help us. He wants to redeem us. He wants to transform this heart. And so he has given us tools, if you like, ways of really testing our hearts to see who we really are. You test it by your life. You see it by the lives of others. You see it by your own life. And so Solomon in Proverbs will actually give us indications of some of the things that the natural heart is by giving counsel by giving advice he's implying something otherwise why would you advise me unless you know that my heart is prone to this behavior that is why you're advising me that is why you are giving me counsel and so when you look at verse one please look at it for example he says that one of the ways the human heart reveals or itself is when you look at their life their attitude to towards the future when they think about the future, when they think about tomorrow, their lives in relation to tomorrow, when they think about their plans about tomorrow, and all the great ideas they have about tomorrow, it's as if tomorrow is in their hands. So he's not saying nobody should plan about tomorrow. Plan it, write it, but don't write it with ink. Write it with pencil, and then give the eraser to God, and add another pencil to it, and say, you know the future. You control it and so erase what is not of you and rewrite your purposes for me. No. So the attitude, the way they come at thinking, speaking about the future reveals something about their heart. He says, do not boast about tomorrow for you do not know what a day may bring. Do you know? No, no, I'm asking a question. It's not a rhetorical question. Esther, do you know what tomorrow may bring? No, you don't. I don't either. So that's the right answer. It's not a trick question. It's a genuine question. We don't. Proverbs says it. The other one, that actually indicates what is inside the heart. What, what is going on in there is our attitude towards praise. Verse 2. Let someone else praise you <laughs> and not your own mouth. An outsider and not your own lips. Verse 21, please look at it. The crucible for silver and the furnace for gold. But 
people are tested by their praise. Now, this is where sometimes we can get it wrong. He's not saying don't welcome encouragement. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't tell me that thing went well. No, no, no. That also is not good. There is a way to receive encouragement. But, where the person directs ultimate praise, what is happening in the dynamics of being encouraged and being praised for something that that is going well, that you're really doing well. And we want to spare you on to love and to good works. But the heart would reveal something when praise is happening or when praise is not happening. It has a way of revealing what is going on in the hearts. And Proverbs again says, here, giving indications about the hearts, things that help us in our lives to actually see something of other people's heart, but also something of my own heart. He said, it's also our attitude towards danger. Let me read it. It sounds a bit strange. Verse 12, the prudent see danger and take refuge. Take refuge in someone or something. But the simple keep going and pay the penalty. There is something about looking at life and really appropriating, putting your confidence at the right place and not be so overconfident in yourself. It sounds like the verse 1, the knowing of tomorrow and that they can do this and something clearly isn't right. Stop. Retreats. Oh, but I can handle it. I've handled it yesterday. I can handle it today. And then Solomon says, you pay the penalty. It's just a matter of time. Because there is this self-confidence when you look at life in general. It's actually an indication of a person's heart. And finally, again, giving us this indication is our attitude towards riches. Wealth. Money. When it starts flowing into the accounts. Look at verse 23 and 24. Be sure you know the condition of your flock. Give careful attention to your heads. For, verse 24, riches do not endure forever. And a crown is not secure for all generation. One of the things that is so, uh, I'm not a rich person. But by watching rich people, rich people, there's something you learn. I mean, people make money and they pass it on to another generation. They pass it on to another generation. And then a generation comes and they just blow everything away. Sometimes it's not even generation. Look, 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 at, look at people you decide to invest in. You invest your money in or whatever. Just kick it into the drain. There is... And so, when, a, when the Lord is giving somebody riches... The heart will be revealed in the attitude towards the riches. How they talk about it. How they behave. How, for some reason, all of a sudden, they have become more confident because more riches. How sad. Instead of more confident because of who they are in the Lord. But anyway, so Solomon is giving us indications of things about this heart that reveal itself in life. That points. 
there. Whether we see it in other people or we see it in us, it is very common to the human hearts. And if we are true to ourselves, let's take for example those who are introverts. Those, I don't know, I don't know whether I'm introvert or extrovert. But those who are introverts, if we are true to ourselves, sometimes in trying to really discern our heart, we get it wrong, don't we? Because we either flatter ourselves or we look down on ourselves and either way we are just lying to ourselves. But in God's mercy, this is the merciful God we serve. He has allowed, as his word is, trying, his word is showing us, that even in that, he will be given by the Holy Spirit pointers to our own hearts in our own lives. But God is good. There is something else apart from that sort of looking within, watching your own life, watching the pattern of your history, and so on and so forth, and your background, and they tell you something about you and something about your heart. There is another thing that the Lord gives us. Guess what it is? Friends. Good friends. I mean real friends. Not those who like us when everything is fine. We do nice things for them. They like us. And when we are unable to do nice things or we make mistakes, they don't like us. No, I'm talking about real friends. We're going to journey through life together. Ups and downs. You step on my toes. I step on your toes. Friends. And that's what the Bible calls friends. You, you find that friend, by the way, only in Jesus, in its perfection. Let's not go there for now. But he gives us that, that kind of relationship, the close relationships that we have. And then there is a way that in the dynamics of the friendship, the Lord reveals the hearts to us. For example, look at verse 5 and 6. Real friends will dare and risk it to touch on the very things that others are afraid to touch on in your life. Because they believe they might hurt you, and once they hurt you, what? You begin to dislike them. Real friends, when they are compelled by real love, they dare, with humility and love, come to point out something that will be revealing of not just your heart, but also this and many others. But in God's mercy, that dynamics can take place in very, very good friendship. Better is, verse 5 says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds, wounds, a crow, wounds from a friend can be trusted. But an enemy multi uh, multiplies kisses. The other way that the Lord may use friends, and you realize that Proverbs chapter 27 talks a lot about friends or friendship. Is this. In the dynamics of the friendship, the counsel, the counsel that goes out and the counsel that comes in, the advice, let me use so we can really grasp it. But a better word is the counsel that is given. Actually also can bring out, the counsel for life brings out what is actually in there. Verse 9 Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend spring forth from their heartfelt advice. The other one is this. Again, in the dynamics of the friendship, let's not go into details. 
what will happen is is that you realize that as friends relate to friends and they give counsel to each other and so on and so forth they are sharpening each other's lives but actually what they are doing is sharpening each other's hearts and the way you see it is in the life that goes on within that relationship and it says again verse 17 proverbs 27 as iron sharpens iron so one sharpens another person it's talking in the context of friendship so in the dynamics of friendship and relating to others so close to you god reveals a lot about the human heart including yours and mine so you can take a closer look at your own life over the years over the months you can take a closer look at other people's take a closer look at your own history and then you will know something about yourself something about who you truly are or you can listen to others what they tell you what they say and it is telling you not just something about them telling you something about them and about us about you so even though friends may also get it wrong like yourself and actually misread you and all the other things because of sin and imperfection in god's mercy again take close godly friendships seriously because in god's mercy he shapes the life that is shapes the hearts in that dynamic Whichever way God goes, whichever way he uses, your life, that's the big point. Your life reflects your hearts. And God wants to show it to you. The good news is that God wants to show it to you. And the reason he wants to show it to me is that he wants to help me. God wants to help me. God wants to heal me. God wants to transform me towards someone. And for many of us, if we are sincere, when we look at the reflection in the water, we don't like what we see. We really don't like what we see. Don't worry about that. Be comforted. The Lord shows you that reflection. The Lord shows you that reality in order to change me, in order to change you. So how does God ensure, as we finish, that the right life is seen in you, flowing out of the right heart? And you know what? Solomon's father gives us some of the answer. If I give us the answer that can be expanded, Solomon, the writer of this Proverbs, he gives it to us. Psalm 139. Let me read bits of it. Psalm 139 verse 1 to 4 he says you have searched me Lord and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways before a word is on my tongue you lord know it completely and then in the same psalm he jumps to verse 23 and then he prays this prayer search me god 
and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So God uses all these other dynamics to reveal our hearts. And then finally, we know that ultimately, he does that because he knows what is truly there. And David gets it. David captures it here. And so what, how do we actually see a correction, a transformation, a healing, a repositioning of my life and therefore of my heart? When God reveals your heart to you through your life, through the life of others, admit it, acknowledge it, humbly before God, confess it to God. Don't fight him. He knows it. And that is why he's taking you, he, he won't just tell you. He takes you through all these relational dynamics and all the other things and then he reveals it. Why? So that he might bring you to that point of being helped. Ask him, not just for a makeup. If you look into the water, you don't like what you see. Don't say, God, do a makeup on my face and in my hair. Say, God, I don't need a makeup. I need total transformation. That's what I need. By your Holy Spirit, through the gospel that we have in his word. Change me and help me to change. Ask him to lead you in the way everlasting. And I dare say that you know that way, isn't it? It is the way of the Lord Jesus the way of Christ. Ask him for help. Ask him that what you see when you look into the reflection in the water, when you look into your life, what you see, Lord, I beg you, because of your work in me and how you are quickening my will towards obedience unto you, let this reflect Christ in me. Don't let me just look into it and see Christ over there and I am separated. No, no, no. Let Christ in me, by faith in me, He working in my heart by His Spirit, be so changing me that when I look, I see that I'm increasingly becoming like Christ. That is why Jesus died. Jesus died so that we will not just get makeover. And look nice and receive. I was going to say artificial something, I won't say it. No, he didn't die for makeover, he died for absolute transformation to take you, raise you from the dead, change you, dwell in your heart by his spirit through the gospel, change your will, and your will moves in the direction towards obedience, growing towards Christ, such that every day if you come and look into the water, you do not see a perfect person formed yet. That will be later when he appears. But you increasingly see that the shape of your nose is becoming more like Jesus's. Whatever his, the shape of his nose is. Now I know what some of you are thinking. Ah, he's hoping that one day when Jesus comes, he'll change the shape of his nose. I like the shape of my nose, by the way. 
But that is what is going on. Let me read for you Galatians 2.20. And listen to what Paul says. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. I have been crucified with Christ. So I don't live again. Gone. Old self. But Christ lives in me. So I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. If you no longer live, Christ lives in you. So the person who is living right now, the Gigi who is living right now, how are we supposed to make sense of that? But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body. So this life that you now see, there is, there is something that has taken place. It's the same me, the same height, the same color the same everything but something has taken place on account of faith in jesus crucified with him the old self no longer lives christ now lives in me but i'm living actively i'm not passive the life that i'm living towards obedience unto him is a life that i live by faith the life i now live in the body i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me friends this is why our lord jesus died and was raised from the dead that we will be put to death with him by faith and then we will be raised to a new life and then by faith in him every day what he has done for us trusting him to take the whole of our, our, our being what begins to happen is that the Lord by his spirit, in his mercy, as we look into the gospel every day, our lives are changed. The very will of our lives, the very center of our heart, the place where we decide who to obey and who not to obey, begins to turn more and more towards Christ. And as we gaze more and more towards Christ and walk towards him, what is beginning to happen is that we are looking and smelling like Jesus. So if you don't like what you see in the reflection, if you don't like what you see in your life, there is good news. Turn to God through Jesus Christ and say to him, Lord, I don't like what is in the reflection. Help me. Help me search my heart. I am coming. Change my life, which will be an indication of a changed heart. Change me. Change the way I relate with my spouse. Please change it. In the past, I have tried to justify it. Because they don't do right. But they are revealing me. So change me. Change me in the way I go about my parenting. The way I go about my business. The way I go about the whole of my life. There are indications. But you are not revealing that to put me down, to destroy me and to shame me. On the one hand, to be ashamed of it. But on the other hand, to look with hope and come to Jesus. And see that two years ago, I was like this. Today, by the grace of God, I have become more like Jesus. Just by faith in him. And obeying him and following him closely. Let's go back to Proverbs. Chapter 27 and verse 19. As water reflects the face, 
So one's life, one's life in Christ reflects the heart, what God has done in that person and is doing in that person's heart. Let's pray.